Welcome to the Upskill with EdTech podcast, a production of SkillRise, an initiative of ISTE, the International Society for Technology and Education. Upskill with EdTech explores how digital tools can be used to accelerate innovation in teaching and learning to support career advancement and lifelong learning for workers and job seekers. I'm your host, Stephen Yadzinski. As a former chief technology officer, I can honestly say purchasing, adopting, and scaling technology is hard. But a new framework developed by ISTE helps make this process a little easier. Today, we'll hear stories of technology successes and challenges from experts in the field. We'll also learn about the ISTE SkillRise framework. It was developed to help organizations deploy technology and empower adult learners. Years ago, technology was a tool, but now it's it's ubiquitous. They're, they say there's not an IT industry that every industry is IT. Stephen Wynn is Vice President of Innovation and Technology with CareerSource Central Florida. That's a workforce development center serving more than 40,000 job seekers and 4,000 businesses each year. The organization has traditional physical locations, but it's also deploying more virtual services. It's how can you use the technology as a tool to create that relationship and not just here, career seeker, go to a computer, start registering in the state system and creating a very monotonous and kind of sterile environment. And that's not what we want. We want technology to be a tool on top of building this relationship. The idea is to be able to reach job seekers wherever they are. So we have a contact center that's a multi-channel contact center where you can web chat, text, email, call into our organization. And at the same time, we want to be able to provide some first tier and second tier like subject matter expert support for career seekers when they call in. Because that's something different that our organization can offer. They rolled out this contact center two years ago, and the impact was immediate. It's been a game changer. Each one of our sites were answering the calls independently. There was no uniform process, no consistency, because our front desk would either be talking to career seekers in person or answering the phones, and they wouldn't be getting callbacks. They reduced those calls from 35000 a month to about 1500 And this is helping them serve more people because job seekers can reach out in multiple ways rather than just by phone. For any organization considering adopting a new technology, it starts with identifying a problem. The process Wynn uses is similar to that outlined in the SkillRise framework. Director of Research at ISTE Brandon Olszewski says the framework is only partially about technology. In fact, this idea of leading with technology is one of the red flags that the framework discusses. So what we're really trying to do is bring some of those best practices from the field in adult learning as well as K-12 all around ed tech to the rest of the country to advise on how they may best leverage ed tech to support all kinds of adult learning programs. He says there are five sections within the framework. Vision and readiness, which deals with the importance of strategic learning vision and how that's going to drive technological change in organizations, especially around learning programs. Team capacity and development, this is the human capital side of it, what your staff can do now and what you think of in terms of long-term professional development for your staff. Research and planning, how you go about scouting out what kind of options are out there that can support your learning goals. Procurement and implementation, so this has to do with how it is you test out some different tools, see how well they work for you, and then put those tools into practice. And then communications and professional networks. So this deals with the importance of storytelling. Uh, One thing we're fond at ISTE of saying is that if you're not going to tell your story, maybe someone else is going to tell it for you. And you might not like the story they tell. 
So being out there in the social media and digital space is really important. CareerSource in Central Florida started the process of adopting new technology by discussing their vision and why they needed it and what they could offer. A lot of our career seekers and customers, they have full-time jobs, they have families, so they can't just go in the middle of the day and go to a uh, training at one of our sites. So offering virtual services in that aspect really align with our overall North Star, our, our vision and mission. After considering their vision, they look at the organization's readiness to implement these kinds of changes. So that's when a project management or project charter team would come together and start kind of scoping out where our opportunities are. Then we would do things such uh, as surveys for discovery, customer satisfaction, definitely pulling data, heavily pulling data and assessing what these trends look like, and discovery of the current solutions, gaps, and scope. Wynn says it's important to have the right mix of people. The real power for your technology team and your technology is to have capable staff that can talk to the other business units so that you can push forward these initiatives they have that ultimately deliver your end product, which is a career seeker reaching their upskill goals or connecting with an employer. That team capacity also means getting staff the professional development they need to implement the new technology. We have to have our staff fully understand and bought into the process. So we will first start with a communication process when we usually do like an email out to staff teeing up the project. Here are the five whys. Why are we doing it? What's happening? And how does it affect you? Because our line of business usually just needs to know the how. How do I use it? How do I implement it? But we really want to get deeper and really spark that enthusiasm in that project by giving them the why and that it aligns with our North Star and our vision and mission. That's followed by trainings which CareerSource offers in person and online. They're also recorded. Wynn compares the many access points to a buffet. Staff can choose what works best for them. The organization also defines what success looks like at the beginning of each project. That's based on the original objective and establishing key performance indicators. So without that, we wouldn't be able to just launch a project. We'd have to have those data points first and knowing what we're going to solve, the value that it creates, and why. Sometimes CareerSource Central Florida brings in experts to assess the situation. They help the organization understand the needs of the people using the proposed solution. From there, we create a proposal of, hey, here are the technologies that might solve this problem, and then creating an RFP for approvals. The difficult things are ensuring scalability and the requirements and the buy-in of the entire organization and the leadership as well. Part of their research also included thinking about financial sustainability. CareerSource Central Florida is supported by the state, so it must do a cost analysis and conduct comprehensive open bids. The solutions also need to be scalable. One of the major challenges in comparison to private enterprise organizations of our size is, is our budget, is limited as a not-for-profit. So we got to make sure that it's very scalable, that we have all the requirements and the scope is clear. At that time, we would make a decision between two applications. There, I mean, the market is flooded right now with software as a service, and those applications are very similar to each other. It's whatever works best for our organization, has a good price point, has good customer satisfaction from a support perspective, and just makes things more simple. They have a process to roll out the new tools and stages, using testers to gauge how the users are accepting and using an application or tool. In line with the final stage of the ISTE framework, 
They also focus on communicating why these changes are necessary. Simultaneously, you have to be working very closely with your communications department to be building a narrative on the why. Why do we need to do this? Who does it affect? How does it bring business value to our organization? How does it impact the community through the work that you're doing with this application? And that's critical. As you just heard, the steps outlined in the Skillrise framework parallel how Stephen Wynn selects technology for his organization. However, having a vision and planning with your staff won't help you decide where to look to find the right programs or tech. Brandon Olszewski says leaders and decision makers tend to make technology decisions based on two factors. One, what do colleagues recommend? So word of mouth. Two, trusted brands which generally benefit bigger companies because they have more name power out there in the space. That can work, he says, but it's not scientific. There are better ways to find possible solutions, and the hope is that the framework will help improve that decision process. Another group is working to put the best tools in one easy-to-find place. One of the things we at the EdTech Center in partnership with various other organizations are doing is setting up an online repository of tech-enabled tools that have shown impact in increasing outcomes for lower-skilled adults, particularly by providing different kinds of services, whether it's learning through learning and training, mentoring and support, job search and placement, or assessment and matching, or even improving organizational management. Allison Asher Weber is Director of Strategic Initiatives for the EdTech Center at World Education a global nonprofit that's also a member of the SkillRise Advisory Group. The EdTech Center focuses on basic skills and literacy instruction, as well as college and career readiness. And these tools are being put up in an online repository called Workforce EdTech. So it's workforceedtech.org. And that repository will be a place where practitioners or organizations can go online and think about what are their goals for needing technology and then sort through and learn of some tools that other organizations have used effectively to improve their outcomes. A search of many online repositories might return hundreds of results. The goal of Workforce Ed Tech is to make it simpler to find solutions that have been vetted and used by other organizations. We're creating an easy onboarding experience for workforce practitioners and teachers to start a search and learn about technology-enabled tools that other organizations have used effectively and then learn from their stories. In addition to developing the repository, Weber and her team also have extensive experience piloting, testing, and deploying technologies and leading others in doing the same. The most important thing that an organization needs to consider is have a very strong sense of the goals for why they're thinking about introducing a a technology into their program operations or or their classrooms and know how they're going to measure that goal. Weber says understanding the learner is foundational to any successful program. This is a central focus of the SkillRise framework. Brandon Olszewski says selecting any technology tool should be based on the desired outcome. Sometimes this is an easy decision. For instance, if you want people to speak, read, and write better English, you know to be looking for tools that are going to be supporting that. In addition to that content piece, you also really want to think about your audience and who your learners are. And there's a section in the framework explicitly about this. 
For instance, if your learners are generally working two jobs and have transportation problems, like maybe they don't have two cars in the driveway with a two adult family and things like that, then you really want to be thinking about how mobile your solution is. In contrast, if your learners are going to be working at a desk and workstations, then the mobility of that tool may not be as important. So really focusing on what your learning goals are and who's your audience, who are your clients, what are their needs. Olszewski says engaging a range of stakeholders in your selection and piloting process will increase your chances of success. Pilot that tool with your end users, with the project managers that are going to be working with those learners. Are the data that are coming out of that system going to be sufficient for the project director to speak to his or her board that probably has to be signing off regarding buy-in for ongoing licensure? You want to think really carefully about who is this tool going to affect and how can we bring them into the decision-making process in a way that doesn't result in too many cooks in the kitchen. Adult learners and job seekers need to feel that a program is built for them, says Allison Weber. Otherwise, they tend to lose interest quickly. She recommends meeting learners where they are. If they're already texting and that's their main use of technology in their lives, figure out how to leverage texting to to engage with them. If they're on Facebook or social media, how can you leverage that and the, the fact that they know how to use that to start bringing them training or employment opportunities? Six years ago, when she was trying to get organizations to explore using mobile phones to serve the 90% of adult learners that traditional programs were not reaching, it was a tough sell. But that has changed. A lot of the organizations weren't ready to think outside of who they were currently serving, and I've seen that shift a lot, which is very exciting. I see a lot of um, workforce and education programs now asking how they can use technology to improve their outcomes and really seeing it as an opportunity to expand who they can serve and start serving some of the harder-to-serve adults traditionally they haven't been able to reach. You know, adults juggling multiple jobs, multiple family responsibilities, adults who live far away from their learning centers or, or their employment centers, and how can they start reaching them. Brandon Olszewski from ISTE recalled the story of a man who was a parent and worked 60 hours a week and relied on public transportation. And the story was about how this learner would get on like two buses after hours in order to get to the library where the person filled out some worksheets about how to speak better English because that was one of the big skill sets that he was trying to improve. And then it took him another four hours to get home. And, And the way I heard the story told, it was one of resilience. And the way that I heard the story was, aren't we wasting this person's time? Aren't there better ways of helping this person learn anytime, anywhere around this English fluency issue? Isn't there a way that we can help this person achieve his or her lifelong learning goals while still getting to spend time with the children at home? Isn't there a way to do that? ISTE is trying to reach several audiences, including those focused on basic adult education and those in the workforce development area. So workforce programs generally want to get people working. Adult basic ed programs seek to improve basic skills, especially in literacy and numeracy. And given the transitions in today's economy, especially towards increased automation and technology integration, there are skill sets like digital literacy that are relevant for anyone who's looking to upskill. Anyone who wants to make more money, work a new and probably more interesting job, and to expand one's career horizon. So 
Workforce and education don't exist in isolation. Through Skillrise, we're trying to support a shared platform for people from both the workforce and education sides to talk with each other about how to change these opportunities for lifelong learning and the role that technology plays in that. The Skillrise framework includes a number of practical tips and real-life stories. There are a couple of case studies that are presented towards the back of the framework. One comes out of Goodwill and the Hope Street Group and another from Generation. They both illustrate the impact of basically online curriculum done pretty well. Um, And they tell it from two very different sides of the story, too. One from a very large organization, Goodwill, and one from a much smaller organization, Generation. And in telling that story, we also weave in the importance of digital storytelling for that. Generation told ISTE that you can't build something and assume people will come. That really doesn't work. You also have to be fairly aggressive about and intentional about your marketing strategy in order to generate interest in what it is you're doing, to get the word out, to convince people who are already busy that supporting their own lifelong learning around the power of ed tech to support adult learning is a good idea and going to be worth their time. To help people learn and use the framework, Skillrise offers a free companion professional development course available at their website. So the course is really built around the frameworks. There's a lot of cohesion there. Assignments are largely designed to be reflective, requiring the learner to think about or collect data about organizations. A cool feature about that, too, is that for each module, there are two levels of depth for the assignments. So there's like a wade-in model, which is a lighter fit, and then a dive-in model if you have extra time on your hands and you really want to go a little bit deeper. So this way, learners have some choice in how they engage with the material. We see today, more than ever before, an opportunity for workers and learners to gain new skills and grow their careers through effective programming. And when that programming is enabled by carefully selected and deployed technologies, we can support more people with quality training and opportunities. With the demands of today's economy changing and shifting so quickly, an organization's ability to effectively leverage technology will often determine how successfully their work might benefit workers, business, and the whole economy. We'd like to thank our guest today, as well as our executive producer, Megan Kamrick. We'd also like to thank the amazing production team at ISTE, including Chief Learning Officer Joseph South, Joan Lee, Brandon Olszewski, and Umber Zuberi. ISTE inspires educators worldwide to use technology to innovate teaching and learning, accelerate good practice, and solve tough problems in education by providing community, knowledge, and the ISTE standards a framework for rethinking education and empowering learners. For more information on ISTE's work on technology for upskilling, please visit www.skillrise.org where you can download the Upskill with EdTech framework, register for an online course, and join the Workforce EdTech community of practice. This podcast is funded through the generous support of Walmart. I'm Stephen Yedzinski. Thank you for listening to Upskill with EdTech.